Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Welcome to another edition of Cover Your Assets KC, the podcast that I just know today is going to make you a little bit smarter because we're going to cover some really intriguing questions from listeners and uh, you'll have the chance to maybe submit questions to be featured on a future show as well as we go through today's program. I'm Walter Storholt alongside David Dickens, President, Wealth Advisor at KC Financial Advisors. You can find us online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. David, great to be with you this week. What's going on in your world? Oh man, that's a that's a big question, Walter. Let's see what is going on. <laughs> so many things world. to choose to, from to talk about. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's. Um, I think let's just call it steady as she goes. We made it into March. I had my snowblower out three times this this season already, so I'm ready to be done with that. Mm-hmm, I can imagine. And, but you also uh, want to get use out of those things that you spend money on, right? Absolutely. I mean, every November, you just kind of get this tingle about, well, how many times am I going to, I hope it's not zero. But after the third time, you're like, all right, you know, I might be, yeah, I might be done with that for the season. So it takes three times to get your money's <laughs> worth out of your snowblower. The old saying, third time's like, a charm, I guess. It didn't sit there and waste money in, in the garage, but uh, but I'm also done using it now. I've, I've had my fun. That's how I feel about exactly. my, my power washer. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, it's I've gotten its use, use out of it, but I'm tired of power washing now. <laughs> yeah, well, I have that to look forward to. That's a spring thing in Kansas That's City. Right. That's right. Exactly. Oh, too funny. Well, I hope you have used it for the final time this year. That would be good. That's that's right. That's right. Then you can spend more time answering questions from listeners, less time blowing snow around. That's what which we are, all hope for. Which, which are always our favorite uh, podcasts, right. so I'm looking forward to this one today. Well, we have four questions today to go over, so let's dive on into them, David. We're going to cover a variety of topics from talking about not running out of money to IRAs, David's favorite topic. Uh, We've got an annuity question in the mix, along with some 401k investment options uh, that Doug's wondering about. So all that and more coming up on the program today. So let's start with Mary. Mary says, I'm 62 and have about $1.4 million. Uh, By the way, if you want to submit a question, you can always email David, ddickens at kcfa.com. So again, Mary, 62, has $1.4 million. How much can I spend yearly without running out? Should be a simple math problem, right, David? Should be a simple math problem, but with retirement planning, it's not because we've got a couple of big variables involved. So, so Mary tells us she's 62, and we don't know how long Mary's going to live. So if she was going to live to 70, well, she could spend just about any amount of money she wanted. But if she's going to live to 100, then it's a trickier math problem. She didn't really give us any, any idea of how she is invested. So if Mary happens to be a high-risk person and she's 90% in the market, well, right now the market's down. We're in the middle of a, a correction. So we're doing this in early March of 2022. And so the S&P is down over 10%. And the NASDAQ is down almost 20%. And so if Mary's a, an aggressive investor, her million four now, depending on when... You know, she she looked at her last statement. It could easily be a million instead of a million four. So those are kind of the variables we're working with. In the financial planning business, there's a long-standing rule, which is pretty good. It's a little bit of a blunt tool, but it's called the 4% rule. And what it basically says is when you, when you retire, your first year of retirement, you should feel comfortable taking out 4% 
of what you have of your nest egg. So in Mary's case, that would be about 56 grand. And she might, you know, in our world, we would just tell TD Ameritrade, our custodian, to send her one twelfth of 56 grand every month and withhold taxes. So she doesn't have to mess with it, mess with taxes next April. So the 4% rule would say she gets 56 grand from her nest egg and maybe social security of, let's say, 2,500 bucks a month. So her, her pre-tax living income would be about 86 grand. And then the 4% rule says, okay, Mary, next year, you can take a little cost of living increase. Maybe it's 1%, maybe it's 2% if your accounts were up. If he had a bad year, like we're in the midst of right now, well, maybe you don't have any cost of living increase at all. So that's kind of the blunt tool. If Mary doesn't have a really good piece of software to help her do that, well, that's how she would kind of sort of get started to figure it out. If she starts at 62, the 4% rule is actually probably a little bit less. If she starts at 68, well, the 4% rule starts a little bit higher. What we do is we run a complex piece of software that would, that would look at each year of her spending, probably adjust her spending at maybe age 80 or 82 when she's maybe perhaps not traveling as much, but also maybe build in a little bit of healthcare problems that theoretically she, she could have in her 80s. So it's a more complex uh, what-ifing tool that would give her a higher level of confidence that she wouldn't run out of money even if she lived to 100. So hopefully that's helpful. The blunt tool is the 4% rule. And it's a great place to start if you're a do-it-yourselfer. If you work with an advisor, you probably have a much more sophisticated plan in place that would give you a high level of confidence that even if you live to 100, you're not going to run out of money. I like your description, David. It's a blunt tool. That's a great way to uh, to, to explain that 4% rule. Puts it in perspective, I think, in, an, in a unique way. I'm, I'm a fan of that, uh, of that uh, angle of looking at that. Fantastic. Uh, great question. Thank you, Mary, for sending that one in. Again, a reminder, you can reach David if you have any questions on your mind, whether they get featured on the show or you just want to talk privately about your financial situation and retirement. 913-317-1414 is the number, or you can go to coveryourassetskc.com to get in touch as well. All right, next question's coming from a, a George. Uh, I have all of my retirement savings in one IRA, says George. Should I move some of it somewhere else to be diversified? So, uh, George, I get this type of question a lot. And the answer is you can be really, really diversified in one IRA. So, for instance, you have a, a, a brokerage account, or maybe it's, maybe it's a do-it-yourselfer, or maybe it's with an advisor. But you can have a wide variety of um, stocks and bonds, uh, gold, uh, crypto. You can have REITs, real estate investment trusts. You can get very diversified inside of one IRA. Are there good reasons to have a second IRA? Well, maybe. Let's say that you want to have, instead of a bond component, and I do this with a number of my clients, if they don't want a bond component, because, I mean, bonds are really a fairly crappy <laughs> um, investment these days because the interest rates are rising, which causes bond values to fall. So maybe you say, you know, I'd like to have a, a fixed annuity in there or an indexed annuity or maybe a CD. Well, those are things that you have to do by and large, you have to do outside of a, the IRA that you probably own. And so all you would do is a transfer of a piece of your IRA directly to the new custodian, whether that's a bank uh, for a CD or whether it's a, a life insurance company for some sort of 
Maybe it's a three-year fixed annuity that would look like a, a bank CD. So there are some good reasons that you might want to have a second or a third IRA. Maybe you want to invest directly into crypto. Uh, you want to own some Bitcoin uh, individually. So that would have to be done outside of a traditional IRA, at least the way it stands right now. So there are there might be some good reasons for you to have a second IRA, but diversification isn't necessarily one of them. The big reason to have one would be that you want an asset or an asset class that you're not allowed to hold in the IRA that you have. Hopefully that's helpful, George. If it's not, uh, shoot me another email and I'll try to clarify a little more. Yeah, we've heard that question before, David, but in the opposite direction of like, I have five different IRAs and so I'm pretty diversified, right? When you could have all the same investments in those five IRAs and not be diversified at all. Um, yes, that's the one I, I see way more often when people come into my office. There's some you know, orphan 401ks that maybe they've had three or four jobs and they just never moved those 401ks. And at that point, it's really difficult for people to understand what they own. So to consolidate those into one IRA rollover can be super helpful for the planning process for understanding what they own. And frankly, uh, the prior question about Mary, if she's trying to figure out how much of required distributions I have to take out, having those in fewer places is usually better from a money management standpoint and from a, just an understanding standpoint. Another great question. Thank you for sending that one to us, George. Again, you can email a question to be featured on a future show or just ask direct questions to David uh, via email, ddickens at kcfa.com. All right, this next one comes to us from Mark. Mark says, I feel that I need to reduce the risk in my portfolio, but I don't know where to turn. I've looked at bonds, I've looked at annuities, and I've looked at just moving to cash, but all of those options seem to have drawbacks that I don't like. What am I supposed to do? So Mark, if you were sitting in my office, the first thing I would ask is, so what you said in your question is, I feel that I need to reduce risk in my portfolio. So I would want to unpack that, have you unpack that for me a little bit and say, well, what has you feeling that way? Have you been feeling that way for a couple of years? Or is it this most recent market downturn that has caused you to have a change in emotion? And so what we try to do is figure out how do we get you out of an emotional space with the money and back into something more factual? So you say you've looked at bonds, annuities and cash, and there's just something wrong about each of those. I'd also want you to tell me, well, what are the drawbacks of those? Is it low yield? Is it the fact that you lock up your money? Is it an aversion to having cash because you feel like uh, it's not earning anything? And, you know, in some market environments like today, cash is actually an asset class because when things aren't going down, well, that's a positive. So your, your actual question is, what am I supposed to do? I would say you need to figure out what is causing you to feel that way, and perhaps you're just overexposed to the market. If that's the case, you should, most investors should have an allocation to something like bonds, annuities, or cash, because those are safer investments that, by definition, <laughs> are lower yielding. So I would encourage you to use what I learned when I was in the 20s in this investment business, and I'm a long way from my 20s, but there's something called the SLY principle. And all investments have each of these attributes, safety, liquidity, and yield. S-L-Y, safety, liquidity, yield. And you look at your, uh, your, your stocks, for instance. Well, they don't have any safety. 
and we're enjoying that piece of it right now. They have tremendous liquidity, and over the long term, they have good yield. Bonds, annuities, cash tend to have a lot of safety. Bonds and cash tend to have a lot of liquidity, but not as much yield. Annuities have much less liquidity, but more yield. So it's a give up. You have to decide based on who you are, how much you have, and for how long you're going to need this money. You have to decide the trade-off between safety, liquidity, and yield. To have all your money in the stock market is, unless you have a very high risk tolerance, is probably not the thing. Maybe you have 30 or 40% of your money in safer things. Now you have to decide, if I can give up some liquidity, access to liquidity right away, maybe I'd lock that money up a little bit longer and do some sort of annuity product. If you really need the liquidity, then cash is probably your thing. And if you want uh, a little bit less liquidity, but a chance to earn more yield than cash, then arguably a bond might be your thing. So Mark, unfortunately, you've asked a, a complex question. That's how I would, if we were sitting face to face, that's how we, you and I would talk through it. And those are the, those are the things that, that you need to consider as you're deciding what to do with the piece of your portfolio that is not invested in risk assets, i.e. stocks. Great question. Thank you, Mark, for submitting that one to us. You're asking the right kinds of questions. Love it. Uh, looking for these different elements. And hopefully that gives you some perspective on what's possible, why maybe you're not finding kind of everything that you want in that, you know, just one product out there. Uh, great perspective to earn for all of us, I think, on today's show. Uh, if you want to submit a question, ask something about your financial life, again, reach out to David. Just check the description of our show today for all the contact information. All right, last but not least, we've got a question from Doug to wrap us up for this episode, David. Doug says, I don't like my 401k investment options, but my company says I'm not eligible to roll the money to an outside account. I know people who have moved their 401k in the past, so how does this work? Okay, Doug, super good question. I'll bet that your friends who have moved 401ks in the past are over 59 years old because almost every 401k plan that I have ever seen allows for something called an in-service distribution once the employee is over 59, uh, sometimes 60, sometimes in between. But generally speaking, that's when you become eligible to roll part or almost all of your 401k out to an IRA rollover. No tax consequences for doing that, but it would answer your the problem that you've posed here, which is, um, I don't like my 401k investment options. So let's say you decided, I want to invest in crypto, or I want to invest in real estate. You can, you can put an IRA rollover in a rental property. It's very complicated. It's complex and it takes a specific type of custodian, but you can do it. Or maybe you want to have a piece of your, your um, 401k in something totally safe, like an annuity. Well, you can do that if you're, if you're eligible for an in-service distribution. So, so Doug, what I would encourage you to do is call the HR or email your HR department and say, hey, do we have in-service distributions? And at what age am I able to do that? And you'll get an email back probably very quickly from your HR saying, oh, well, Doug, yeah, sure, that's simple, but you're only 58, you need to wait a year. Whatever the answer is from the HR department, 
the vast majority of 401k plans that I've ever seen do allow for it. They usually make you wait till age 59 or 59 and a half. Very good question. Once again, thank you, Doug, for sending that one to us. So there you have it. Lots of different questions come into David's office each and every day, essentially, covering a variety of topics. So if there's something you're thinking about asking, you're like, ah, that maybe, maybe this is a dumb question or nobody else has this question, uh, highly unlikely. It's highly likely, in fact, that people have that exact same question that you do. Um, there are no dumb questions. So reach out. Uh, let David know what's on your mind, what you're concerned about, what you're thinking about, what you're, what's unclear, um, what you have ideas about. Whatever the level of question, David can start there with you and then talk about putting together a complete planning review as well, if that's appropriate for your situation. If you want to talk about what that looks like and have a conversation about your financial future, reach out. No cost or obligation to ever do anything. Just ask simple questions that might be on your mind and see if you'd be a good fit to work with David and the team at KC Financial Advisors. 913-317-1414 is your number to call, or you can go to coveryourassetskc.com, or again, just check the show notes of today's episode, and you should see contact information there to help you get in touch. David, thank you for the help and answering these questions. Always one of our favorite uh, types of episodes here on the podcast, answering listener questions, and I'm sure we'll do it again soon. I will look forward to that, Walter. And um, next week, we'll cook up something good for our next one. I know, I know one thing we're looking at is um, maybe a discussion of, there's so many different financial designations out there that uh, advisors and brokers use. And so what we're thinking about is a podcast that would kind of go through those and try to give our listeners the lay of the land as to who are these people, what do these designations mean, and are they particular helpful to the investor? So... Uh, perhaps that's what we'll do next week. Love it. Making some sense out of the uh, alphabet soup of designations <laughs> next week. Uh, we'll add that to the agenda for sure. Uh, thanks for joining us, David. Thank you for listening to today's show, folks. And we'll, we'll talk to you again next time right back here on the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Investment advisory services offered through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and KC Financial Advisors are separate companies.